Hello, I'm Dr. Jesse L. Grice, founder and uh, senior pastor of Truvine Baptist Church. It's my heart as we welcome you. I welcome you, and I praise God uh, that you will get something from it and bless your life. And in Jesus' name, we love you. Man. Man. God he is good. Glory. Oh, somebody didn't hear the man sing, but God is good. Uh, can, can I get a little participative preaching? God is good. One more time. God is good. Oh, how we praise him. Amen. Thank God for our praise man. And we give God all the praise for all of the good things that he is doing and will do in his holy name. Bless his name. We come this morning again to worship the Lord and we thank him for our time together. Pray with me for just a moment. Our Father and our God, you are good. It is your nature, it is your character that you are good all the time. And so we bless you, O oh God, this morning, thanking you, dear God, for all that you're about to do in this place today. Father, that one that does not know you today as Savior and Lord, touch their hearts, help them to realize that you are good. Thank you, dear God, for those who know you. And God, thank you for your goodness, your grace, and your mercy. Touch now your servant, O God. Think with my mind and speak with my mouth that which you want to say to these thy people and bless them in Jesus' name. Father, may that one that know you and don't have a church home, may they come willingly and come and join us. That one that don't know you, may they come and receive Christ as Savior today. For you are good, and you are good all the time. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise be God. Amen. As you're standing this morning, please turn in your Bibles. If you don't have the Bible that you turn the pages by your other hand, pick up your cell phone or your iPad. No, we won't be on Facebook or TikTok. We want you to get to the Word. Amen. Those of you who have a Bible on your electronic device, please turn to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. The book of Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. I know sometimes the enemy of God and God's people will try to interrupt your thoughts and tell you, why does he have to say that every Sunday? Because I don't want you to be listening to me and don't have no word in you. You must turn to the word of God. And forgive me if I'm stepping in the wrong direction. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. If you had Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, would you say amen? Amen. amen. Maybe others are still turning, but we pray that they'll get there quickly. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Paul writes here, beginning at verse 1 in chapter 2, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, 
just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, least anyone should boast. Verse 10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. May the Lord add a rich blessing to the reader's hearing and doing of his holy word. You may take your seats. This is my second sermon in Bible, in the Bible for us to be aware of. Oftentimes, people, I'm sure that we know others who are talking to groups of folk seemingly about God, but it's really not about God, it's about them, because they really don't have any word to share with you. I'm not going to preach about something else, but I want to let you know that there's power in the word of God. Power to change your life. And so we pray that you continue in God's word. As I began, spiritual bankruptcy is the condition of everyone before salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. As an example, John Newton, an English slave trader who later became an Anglican minister, he wrote the now famous hymn, The World Over, Amazing Grace. He was one of such persons to experience that. It was the grace and mercy of God who rescued Newton from the bowels of a sinking slave ship. Perhaps if you listen closely, you, you might hear Newton mouthing some of the words of that hymn in thanksgiving to God. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. That, beloved friends, is the grace of God meeting the needs of this one man. Therefore, our topic today is the grace of God meets the needs of man. If you're here today and you're in need of God's grace, he has plenty for you. As we get to the text this morning, we want to share with you this. Why so many people turn only to God when they're in trouble, seeking temporary relief from their pain, rather than turning to God for a permanent solution? the salvation of their souls. On the other hand, why is it that some who profess Christ as Savior seem unaware of his grace that's available to minister to their every need? I want you to know today that the grace of God is still available. 
The grace of God is just waiting for you to come and says, Lord, I, I got a need this morning. I, I need you in my life. I, I'm tired and sick and tired of being sick and tired. I need grace. I need your mercy, Lord. You see, this leads me to ask, what is the, your, the state of your spiritual condition this morning? Whether you're online with us or whether you're right here in the sanctuary, what, what is your situation? What is your spiritual condition? Many people walk around as if they're going to live forever. But they're not going to live forever. For the Bible declares that we shall all go the same direction. It is appointed once unto man to die and then the judgment according to the word of God. But the, what, what, what is your spiritual situation? Whatever your spiritual state, the grace and mercy of God is available to you. Sometimes people may say to me that, well, Reverend, I've been too bad. And I mean, I don't think God will forgive me. I will tell them straight up, no chaser. Listen, as long as there's blood running warm in your veins, as long as you've got air in your lungs, as long as you can open your mouth and call on God, he'll forgive you if you ask him and that's the grace and mercy of God that awaits our coming to him. My friends, and you, God says, and you and me, he has made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin. Now, one day I was dead in trespasses and sin, but Jesus came and made me alive in him. I know I'm not the only one that God made alive. When I was in doing what I wanted to do, when I want to do, I want to do it. God came and blessed me. I just want you to know that from verses 1 through verse 3 of our text lies a beautiful picture of the grace and mercy of God. Uh, visually, it depicts one who, has, who was lost and spiritually dead in trespasses and sins, but made alive by the grace of God. Of such was John Newton and some of you as well. Of such was one day I was like that. I, of such as some of you that were just like that. We wasn't born saved. We wasn't born good. But the Bible declared that there's no one good but God. But I want you to know that God can change your spiritual situation. He can change your outlook so you have a better outlook. That you'll be able to look at God who is mighty and awesome. Can I get a witness? Verse 2, it says, in which you were once walked. Listen to the word of God now. In, in, in which you once walked. In which you once used to do your thing. Can I get a witness? There's some of you doing your own thing right now. But you're trying to get restitution by coming to the house of the Lord without Christ in your life. Well, that's the right place to come. But it has nothing to do with your getting right till you get right with Jesus. Can I get a witness? God is just waiting on you and you stop pretending to be something about somebody you are not. If you're unsaved this morning, realize by the Spirit of God that's moving in your heart that you need to get it right with God. Don't wait to the 11th hour and 59th minute. You might not make it. I don't want you to take that chance. I want you to take it right now while it's just 9 o'clock. I ain't waiting to 12. Come on, somebody. Which you once walked. According to the course of this world, many are going that direction today. 
Our country is on the brink of all kinds of breakup. Democracy is in trouble. But I want to let you know that our autocracy is not in trouble. And that's God Almighty. God rules everything. Some people have somebody else on their shirt to my, they rule. But I want you to know that God rules. Nobody's taking him off the throne. He's still alive and he's still blessing. I want you to know that there is a God who will hear your prayer. There is a God who will answer your prayer. There is a God who will bless you. There is a God who loves you and he loves you more than we can ever say. John 3.16 says it best that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have a new life. I want to know do you want life today? I want to know do you want life today? I want to know if you want life in Christ. Walking according to the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air. The spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Just in case you're not intellectually touched. I want you to know that Satan. He's a little God of this world. But God, almighty God, allows him to do what he can do. But I want you to know... (laughs) That my God is in control. He has not abdicated his throne. He's still mighty. He's still powerful. He's gracious. And he's on our side. Somebody ought to praise him. See, walking. The word walking is a biblical expression that pictures a believer's sturdy and normal progress with God. If you're a child of God today, you'll walk the way that you live. The way that you conduct your life is all in the way that God would have you to do it. No, no, no. We will not perfect, but we are working toward that goal. My friend, when people hate you, you don't get to hate back. When people want to hit you, look out now. You don't want to hit back. I know you're feeling it. I know you want to get back in your stance and do, and do your thing. Don't do it. God said, vengeance is mine. I'll repay. You see, the apostle Paul refers here to a believer's old walk. I'm hoping that you have already been delivered from your old walk. I'm talking to believers right now. Now, you see, inside of all of us uh, is that old nature, that default position, I call it. That when somebody trying to run you off the road, you want to get up beside them and run them off the road. Next thing, BCSO and SAPD is coming over to look at your body. Because you've been shot by the other knucklehead. Don't do it. I know you're mad. I know you're upset. You try to hold your tongue. Listen, then, then talk like this. Jesus, you're good all the time. Jesus... Help them because they don't know what they're doing. Lord Jesus, protect us. Calm my mind and my heart. And Lord, let me get home with my children and my family and be safe. When you get through praying, you feel so much better. Let them crazy people do what they're going to do. And so we're going to talk about them in their absence or their presence. Here we go. Here's to the Believers, old walk. 
their old way of living, whether it was a path of gross immorality or the dark alley of evil, believers should no longer conduct their lives as they did in their past evil ways. Now, now to that other group, not only that, they ought to walk worthy of their calling, talking about believers, which means to walk in love and to walk in the light. The Bible declared that Jesus says, I am the light. If you're walking in Christ, everything's going to be all right. Paul echoes this in Ephesians chapter 5 and 8. For you, you were once darkness. We were once like that. But now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Now here we go. Those who are not saved. They walked or conducted their lives according to the direction of Satan, how they were influenced or inspired. Who, who is the power of the air and the corrupt spirit that causes you to refuse to accept the grace and mercy of God? They walked of what they want to do. They'd go their own way, do their own thing, and dare anybody to be mad at them. Don't worry about them. Pray for them. Why should you pray for them? You need to pray for them that God may have mercy on them. And while you're praying, he have mercy on us because we ain't all that tight either. Verse 3, it says, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, the desires of our old life, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others, just as those that don't know the Lord. Verse 3 graphically describes how you once lived for yourself, doing what you wanted, when you wanted, how you wanted, regardless of the consequences. If you're still living like that, you need the grace of God right now. If we attempted to live like that right now because of this, that, and the other thing, you need the grace of God. You need to go to God and say, Lord, I'm talking to the believers. I've sinned, God. Don't try to sweep it under the, the spiritual rug. I've sinned. God, God, forgive me. The Lord said to do that. Why? Because he wants us to live for him. But I'm so thankful in verse 4 that God said, but God... But God, we can live any kind of way, but God, he's on the throne and he'll work it out. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us. Oh, don't get it twisted. Understand it is not that we love God. John says this, that he first loved us with an everlasting love. In other words, according to Henry Blackaby in our studies, God took the initiative in our salvation experience. Right now, God is moving on somebody in here or online. He's taking the initiative. He's moving by his spirit and touching that person's heart. said, come on. I love you. Come on. I got plenty of grace. Come on. But Lord, no, no. But God. Lord, come on. If you're here today and that's you, you come on. Don't wait on anybody. Some people say, well, I'm going to wait till I get my stuff straight. Your stuff ain't going to get straight. If your stuff could be straight, you wouldn't be sitting here. Your stuff was straight, we wouldn't need Jesus. But we're all jacked up at times. Come on to Jesus. Take advantage of his grace and his mercy. Because he wants to share it with us. In other words, according to Henry Black, I mean, God takes admission. Oftentimes, and I said often that we say, well, I, 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 I'm going to Jesus. I'm, I'm, I found Jesus. Jesus ain't lost. I know what you mean, but Jesus is not lost. 
You see, my friends, his mercy held back. When we talk about mercy, the mercy of God, his mercy held back that which we deserved as sinners, judgment. Oh, thank God for, on the other hand, his grace gave us what we did not deserve, which is eternal life in Christ. He wants to give you grace that you may have eternal life in Christ. Too many people are walking around and hoping their bad days don't outweigh their good days. Nonsense. Get saved now. Things are happening all over our country. Police department can't get it together. There are all kinds of new reports and how things are all messed up in, in the police departments, not, not just SAPD or BCSO. Stuff is all over the place. Political unrest. I don't understand. Let me take an aside. I don't understand how we can have two parties and they're always bickering back and forth, but the American people is suffering. I don't get it. I want to be like the brother back in L.A. Can we all just get along? Verse 5 says, even when, even when we're, we were dead in trespasses, and it talks about God in this next line, made us alive together with Christ. It was his grace that did it. It wasn't my good work. It wasn't my good thing. It wasn't my good thoughts. It was God by his spirit, by his grace. Many people walk around and think they're all that and two bags of chips. Nope, you need some dip. Even when we were dead and trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. And six, and raised us up together. And I want you to get a hold of this. It's kind of hard to wrap your head around it, but I'm just going to give you a little tip. He raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly place. You say, well, when that going to happen? It's a future thing. You see, as believers, we are positioned spiritually already. In heaven, where Christ is. We're already there spiritually. So let's live like it right now. Don't be back and forth. Don't be like your sometimey friend. They're just sometimey. Be all the time with the Lord. That in the ages of common, verse 7, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved. If you have been noticing, that's said three or four times in this group of scriptures. By grace you are saved. No good coming us. No, no good, no matter how good we think we are. Some people want to join the church and go working in the church, but they don't know Jesus from nobody else. And then they expect God to give them a pass. God do not give you no pass till you get Jesus. We can't even get to heaven without Jesus. Some folks tell me, well, there's more than one way to get to heaven. No, it ain't. Jesus said, you cannot be, go to the Father except through me, him. These folks, they got these worldly philosophies messing up folk minds. Some of our, our most respected friends in, uh, in media and all of that, they got their own gurus, their spiritual gurus. You better get Jesus and your guru. Oh, they are going to be guru gone. Amen. No one can claim that they saved themselves. 
None of us, nobody, nowhere. We can't have that claim. Today, many are duped into believing that salvation is in others, uh, others and, and that, that, that these verse 8 and 9, does not, I'm sorry, not others, that what verse 8 and 9 says. You can't do it. Recorded in Titus 3, 5, Paul says this concerning salvation, not by works of righteousness which we have done. There's some people good in their activity to come and, and be in service and serve the church and all of that, but they don't know Christ. Listen, I want to tell you if that's you here today, not by works of righteousness which you have done. Think about the thief on the cross. I know it's not Easter, but we need to think about it. One guy, he was just straight up crook all the way. But the other fellow, perhaps, next to Jesus on the cross, he told the other fellow, hush, this man hasn't done nothing wrong. Kind of looked over at Jesus while they're both, all three suffering on the cross. Lord, as if to say, sir, when you get into your kingdom, I don't know if he went to Bar Mitzvah. I don't know if he went to Sunday school. But he said, when you come into your kingdom. And then he said something astonishing. Remember me. I, I, I have to take it this way. If you're going to be in your kingdom. Evidently, he knew Jesus. He may not have been saved at the moment, but he knew the Son of God. He knew the Messiah. He knew that he was from God. He knew that he was God. When you come into your kingdom, remember me. It wasn't talking about no homie hookup. It was talking about, Lord, remember me. For I'm broken. I'm in sin. Help me, oh God. And I'm dying for that. I respect that. But oh, when you get to your kingdom, remember me. And Jesus said, and I love it, this day, this day, not tomorrow, not next week, not next month. He said, this day, thou shalt be with me in paradise. Whoa, you talk about the grace of God. You talk about grace and mercy. This day, this day you're going to be with me. Woo! Ain't that awesome? This day. This day you'll be with me. Oh, I can see that thief on the cross. Oh, if he could dance, he would be really getting with it. He would do like the young people today, all that jumping around and stuff. He wasn't worried about being crucified or being crucified. He wasn't worried about nothing. Looking forward to, I'm going to be with Jesus today. Ain't that awesome? What a blessed God. So Titus continues, not by works of righteousness. That thief on the cross didn't work in for no righteousness. He was about as wrong as two left shoes. No, but he turned. Something happened in that thief on the cross that needs to happen right now in our hearts. He realized his own depravity. He realized his own trespasses and sins. And basically, he's asking the Lord for forgiveness. I don't care how, how close we think we are to God or how far we think we are away. Forgiveness is always in vogue. Lord, forgive me. 
Sometimes you have a thought in your mind against somebody or something, and you make some words that we can't say in church. But as soon as you recognize the order, say, Lord, forgive me, Jesus. That God may forgive me. How about some of you even today, and there's another sermon, but I'm just going to give you a tad today. How often Peter said, said, I forgive those who have transgressed against me. And he said before he talked to for Jesus answered, should I forgive him seven times? That was the law plus some. I'm, I, 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 I just remark at the Lord's words. No, not seven times, but 70 times seven. Y'all good at math? We divorced, but y'all good at math? That's 490 times. But what he meant, unlimited. Some of us, we forgive somebody a little bit. Then we go and bury the hatchet, but we leave the handle sticking up. So when they mess with us again, we go get the hatchet. Somebody ought to say yeah. But when you forgive, forgive. Oh, yeah, you may hurt for a second. Forgive. Don't keep it in the back of your mind. Yeah, you mess it one more time. I'm, I'm going to dock you out. No. I know that's what we do. We ought to ask God right now for forgiveness in your heart. Don't talk to me. I'm not God. Amen. Tell him. Some of you got stuff against folk right now in this church. Some of y'all got some stuff against me. Go ahead and have it. I'm going on with the Lord. I forgive you. Don't get it twisted. I sick Jesus on you. That's it. I'm just letting you know how to cow each cabbage. When we forgive, forgive. And let God handle it. When God handles it, it'll be all right. And we don't take no joy in it either. Well, yeah, mm, I told you. No, don't do that. God didn't do us like that. Did he do us like that? Of course not. But we are, lastly in verse 10, we are his workmanship. I was struggling over that word. What does he mean, workmanship? You see, God is working in the believer's heart to change us from the inside out. I remember briefly that after I got saved, and I had a, y'all got a reputation? Amen. <laughs> you know, like carry weapons and stuff like that. Y'all got one of the reputations? You know, maybe the quick trigger temperature. Y'all got some of that? Amen. I was in the same company. Amen. But you see, something happened when God came into my life. He began to work on me and work on me and work on me that, that, that I don't get like I used to get. I was a little guy, so if somebody was going to mess with me, I'm going to get my lick at first. Amen. But now I just call on the Lord. Oh, don't get it twisted. I might regret, but no, I may regret. I don't plan to. But God is talking about this workmanship. He works in me that I began to show forth love and grace and mercy in me. No, that's not my original character. But he gave me a new life. He gave me something new inside. He began to work on all my bad stuff. He began to tell me, come on, Jesse, you got to do it this way. This is what my words say. We are his workmanship created in Christ for good works. In Christ for good works that glorifies him, which God prepared beforehand 
This is before I was even born, beforehand, that we should walk in that good work, that we should talk in that good work. When people began to get on your last nerve, we ought to talk in that good work. Pray in your heart. Lord, give me the words to say. Lord, hold my temper down that I may not, may not unglorify you. Help me, oh God, for you are mighty in me. I'm standing in you, Lord, not in me. And I give you the glory. Though they speak about me wrongly, though they talk about me wrongly, though they try to do me in, but God, I give you the praise. You work it out in his workmanship. We are a workmanship continually for God. I remember a person said to me, as I was trying to say earlier, they knew me by the face, yeah. They didn't know the new me. He said, you look the same, but you're not the same. Something's different about you. Are you still that other person? Nope. Why? And he gave me an opportunity to witness. Jesus paid it all by his grace and by his mercy. We are, believers are, God's workmanship because we have been created in Christ Jesus, created a work only God can do. Only God can change us. And when we change according to his word, we have been changed in his workmanship for good works. God's workmanship is not achieved by our other good works, but it results in the good works that God would have us to be. Listen to what Paul says. He explains it in Titus 2.14. Who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify himself a people that are very, of his very own, eager, eager to do what is good. Believers, you online and us in the sanctuary. Are you eager to do those things that God would have you to do to bring glory to him? Think about it. Do you come and just sit soaking sour? Or you, as a believer, are you ready to go and do what God would have you to do? No, don't tell me about you ain't got time. You got 24 hours like everybody else. I know you got family. I know you got work. I know you got all those things. Yeah, oh, we all got all of that. You got to make time for God. Otherwise, there will be no time for God. Some of you say, well, I, I ain't got time to pray. Well, you got time to die. I ain't got time for my time in the Word with God. Listen, make time. Humorously, I was watching, and I'm sure you watched it too, Snoop Dogg. He had his little thing together and he put the record on the thing. Don't make time, me time. Well, what's wrong with him? You better get Jesus. You got to have time for the Lord. For those of you who do not know Christ as Lord and Savior, I urge you this morning, I, I urge you not to wait another minute. I urge you to put your trust in him. Why? He loves you with an everlasting love. Why? The grace of God meets the needs 
of man. The greatest need of mankind, not just us, but the greatest need of mankind is salvation through Jesus Christ the Lord. It is as Newton perhaps being delivered from the bowels of a sinking slave ship with no one else around but God. Amazing grace. Thank you so much for your attendance and your support of the podcast. We do hope to see you again or hear you again or even talk to me again. And we love you. Thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you.